1: Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we continue to fill the gaps, not only in baseball, but in the sports world as our world has been changed uh, quite a bit now as the coronavirus in our country has caused major shutdowns in most communities, if not nationwide at this point, and certainly Major League Baseball, a big part of that. But we continue with Tribe Talk each weekend here, both on the Indians Radio Network and wherever you Download your favorite podcasts and some baseball talk on the radio for you coming up shortly with Andre Knott, good friend of the show and uh, does that great work for Fox Sports Ohio (laughs) on the Indians' television broadcast. Always fun to catch up with Andre and get some of his perspective on life without baseball, especially this week with the scheduled opening day having come and gone. And to lighten things up a little bit, we'll check in with one of the great moments from a year ago in our radio booth marty brenneman who retired following the season as the longtime radio voice of the cincinnati reds a hall of famer stopped by during his final visit to cleveland and spent an inning with tom hamilton and it was a lot of fun and we'll hear that inning in a little while on our show as well and we'll have some news and notes for you too so stay tuned as we get rolling with tribe talk coming your way shortly on the cleveland clinic indians radio network Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you as we join you from home, and we will do that for the foreseeable future as long as the situation remains the same in terms of the coronavirus. As always, we like to catch up on occasion with Andre Knott, the uh, fine television broadcaster for Fox Sports Ohio, working with Matt Underwood and Rick Manning on uh, the TV broadcasts of Tribe Baseball. And Andre spent a lot of time out in spring training and Want wanted to get his perspective with opening day, having come and gone, uh, what it has been like for him and fans and broadcasters, front office folks, players, everybody involved in the game of baseball, what it's been like for them the last several weeks now.
2: Yeah, you know, Rosie, for the most part, over these last two weeks after being in, in Arizona in spring training, I think when you saw, the, you saw the seriousness of it when we were out in Arizona and just saw how the players reacted and how, you know management acted the first week and a half or so of this has been it was kind of, and not easy obviously but it was easier to deal with because you knew there' was a seriousness about it and you understood that we were trying to do something and we still are trying to do something that helps so many people not only in our community but you know in our entire country but Thursday was hard because Thursday was you know that that's it's what we do you know I know we don't play in the games but it's a part of our you know it's part of who we are and what we are and when you're in the neighborhood and, you know, and I live in a great neighborhood, and all you talk, see all the kids, and everyone's wearing their Indians gear, and the weather's beautiful. It was a hard, hard Thursday because I think the realities of what we truly are going through kind of hit home for me, and for I'm sure many that are listening. Um, that you know, and, and baseball is one of those things. I mean, let's be honest, it's a it's 162 games usual, usually, but uh, opening day is special. Uh, nothing against the NBA or nothing against. Uh, the NFL, I love them all, but nothing against NASCAR, NHRA, but there is something about opening day for all of us. Uh, just, you know, you know, spring's here, you know, summer's come around the corner, and not to have that, it was tough. It was tough. We will overcome it, but I will admit, Thursday was one of those days that I won't forget as we go throughout this journey.
1: But you mentioned that about opening day, too, and I think cities like Cleveland, Detroit, northern cities, uh for the things that you mentioned the weather's such a big part of that i think arizona it's just another day i mean right. yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit bigger deal but but for them i mean they're you know it's the same weather it's it's kind of like it almost seems like an extension of spring training but here it just seems like it means so much more because it's it's kind of that end of winter
2: yes yeah you're right and when you get to arizona like we do for spring training like you said, it's just every other day, right? You know, "Eh, it's just another day. You almost complain because the clouds are always the same. You don't see any, (laughs) you know, and, and I'll be the first to admit man. all the way back to like Christmas Eve, since, you know, we knew that we've known what the schedule was going to be, but like on Christmas Eve, it was 54 in Northeast Ohio. And and I remember I kind of tweeted out or kind of messed around. I was like, ah, it's going to be better weather on Christmas and Christmas Eve than it will be on opening day. And I want to say Super Bowl Sunday, it was really nice. And, Like there's been like four dates where I'm like, man, our weather's been great. You know, that's not going to happen on March 26th. And maybe that was part of it. If it would have rained or snowed Thursday, (laughs) like I think all of us would have been like, all right, we wouldn't have played anyway. But it was the most gorgeous day um, that we would have had. Heck, the last five, six years of opening days here in Cleveland, I want to say.
1: It would have been a beauty. That's for sure.
2: And, And
1: uh Yeah, it would have rivaled uh, when the Indians opened down in Texas a couple of years ago, and they've opened on the West Coast. Kind of seemed like almost that kind of day around here. Hey, take us back. Um, You and I were, I think, a couple of the last people who were at the complex, not player-wise, but uh, maybe staff-wise on that Friday before uh, the the day after they shut things down. Uh, Boy, if you you can put into words what (laughs) that day felt like Knowing that baseball had been suspended and, and just about every other sport at that point was. Uh, yeah,
2: it was, uh, it felt like our soul was, was snatched out of us. And I hate to say it that way, but it just did because, Rosie, um, I think we all get into, and, and I know you know this well, and I know people out there that work jobs in different places, you get into a, a system where your, where your body almost kind of takes you to the ballpark. You know, there's days where, you know, there's days in August or there's days in July where, you know, your body just goes to the stadium. You don't even think about it. And, you know, we start getting that rhythm during spring training where you're, you're at the ballpark in the morning, you're at the game at, in the afternoon. And that Friday was just so eerie uh, because, man, and you could see in the seriousness in their eyes and their faces that, you know, our our pastime is getting taken away from us. So it, it just, it hit home. And and when you realize this is for for us, I know you went through this as well, it wasn't like we weren't going to the ballpark. We were at games two, three days before that, you know, I I sat with my kids and and God blessed us. My kids were there with me that week. And, you know, two days that two days before that, I'm, you know, I got tickets to a game and I'm sitting with my kids. We're right behind the Indians bench and, you know, Frankie and, and guys are laughing, throwing bubble gum at my son and my daughter. And, so it was hard. I guess I tell that story because even for my kids, you know, it's kind of like, this is, this is their time. You know, it's like, Oh, Oh my gosh, baseball's here. We're, you know, we're hanging out at a ball game and then just to have the plug unpulled, um, It was weird to see that, you know, the, the truck. so all the guys in the back of the clubbies, you know, just, you know, cleaning things out and we knew it wasn't time to do it. It's just a feeling I'll never forget. Also Rosie and I, you know, because, that time of March, you have March Madness, and I know March Madness is big for you know. Heck, we should have had opening day on Thursday, and it should have been like the, the Sweet 16, which is always just, it's always one of my favorite times of the year, uh, to be completely honest, because of all the sporting games you have going on, and you know it's just so much fun. And I gotta tell you, man, you know we as we were sitting in the complex that Thursday or Friday, and or that Thursday I believe, and we're watching all the college basketball tournaments, um, you know, cause I, I know people know this, but we're, we're people like you guys. Like we ask questions to the manager and to the players, but heck, we're keeping up with our, our, our local college. I know, you know, what's going on with the university of Buffalo. <laughs> and, Absolutely. You know, like, like you know, what's going on with the, with the bulls. Um, you know, we all have schools. We kind of pay attention to And Rosie that, that Thursday morning, you know, where the big East tournaments trying to play in New York and we're watching the ACC tournament. Uh, get stopped. It, it just, it felt like, it felt like I was a kid back in elementary school and they were telling me we weren't allowed to have recess anymore. You know, like it was just like, what do you mean we can't have recess? And I, I understand why, but in your my own, you know, in your own way, I just felt like recess was getting taken away from the kids and it still feels that way right now.
1: Can we back up a minute? You, you said that players were throwing bubble gum at at your kids too so it's nothing it's nothing personal against you huh it's just it's a family thing
2: (laughs) it's a not family thing well they weren't throwing it at them like they throw it at me it was more of an underhand toss of like hey with me it's more of a hey is he live on the air because i'm throwing a fastball
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man Andre not joining us, does great work with uh, Fox Sports Ohio, and occasionally you hear him on our flagship station, WTAM, as well. And, uh, Andre, you had a chance to catch up with a couple of players, and and let's start with Shane Bieber, who, gosh, he's had so many great things happen in his career in the last calendar year, most notably the whole All-Star game a year ago when he was MVP, after being a late ad. And and now this year he was going to be the opening day starter, which I don't care who you talk to. Even Corey Kluber, you know, as much as he would downplay things, it meant something to him to be that opening yeah. day starter. And um, For Biebs was uh, I know you talked to him yesterday. How tough a day was that for him?
2: You know, talk about fast track. There hasn't been anybody that's gone through the fast track as fast as he has and had the accomplishments that he has had. And I think a lot of it goes back to just the person that he is. Um, and he he was raised well. His parents did a great job raising him and and just keeping him level minded, keeping him level headed. And, and, and I'll be honest, the conversation yesterday that I had with him on opening day was it was more of kind of and I'll admit it, I was more or less reaching out. To guys, because I felt, you know, I felt displaced. I was like, this is opening day. How are you guys to get through this? And I gotta tell you, Shane was he dealt with it, he was dealing with it better than I was. And I think that tells you a lot about Shane. Um, you know, he's saying he was just kind of, you know, trying to find the right place in California. He was in California, he was driving. Um, and he said, you know, he made the joke to me, Rosie. He goes, You told me three months ago that it was gonna be snowing and ice and cold on March 26th, I hear it's a beautiful day in Cleveland, and I, like, took a picture, and I go, yeah, dude, it's it's beautiful, and we just kind of laughed about it, and he asked about the kids, but I think the main thing with him is he was been trying to stay ready, um, and I think that's, I think that'll be the conversation that we're going to have with players, a lot of players, you know, right until we're, we're right back to playing, you know, he, I think he's like the rest of us, he sees what's going on and knows what's going on, but he wanted to be ready to pitch if, if something changed, so he knew and realized once we got to yesterday that, we're gonna be some weeks away, so he's just kind of enjoying life with his family and with with his girlfriend and um, trying to find ways that he can throw. He, he saw Kevin Plowicky a couple, you know, like a week and a half ago, and he drew to him like he wants to pitch and he wants to be ready. Um, but the other thing about about Shane and you mentioned Corey Kluber, and I thought this story was really cool. And I don't know if you had the chance to to get it from him or talk to him about it uh, when he did find out that he was gonna be the opening day starter. Um, Corey Kluber reached out to him, Rosie, and it says, a lot. and we all know Corey doesn't say a lot of words and Corey led how Corey led by working really hard, showing up every day and, and, you know, putting his nose down to the ground and just working. And, you know, he didn't say a lot of words. And to me, I thought it was a a great compliment of who Corey Kluber is, not only as a, as a pitcher, but as a person that that one of the first people that reached out to Shane was Corey Kluber to, to congratulate him and tell him how special it is and to tell him that he deserved it. And that meant everything in the world to Shane uh, because, you know, we can go back to that picture of what, three or four spring trains ago, where he's sitting there watching Corey Kluber on one of those backfields, uh, you know, out there in Goodyear. And, you know, and the only reason with the, 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 the name and the picture stuck out is because that last name is of a pop star. And we're all going, who the heck is this Beaver kid? <laughs> you know, and like three years later, he's the MVP of the All-Star game. But I just thought it was a real cool story that, that Corey Kluber – as he's getting ready and ramping enough up to be a part of the Texas Rangers, when he saw that, he took the time out to make sure that he wanted Shane to know he was thinking about him and he was proud of him.
1: Well, good stuff from one opening day start multiple times to another who uh, hopefully will get that chance at some point in the future. Uh, you also had a chance to check in with Mike Clevenger, who was coming back from a knee injury for most of spring training, and Zach Plesak. They've been working out together, and uh, for Clevenger, I mean, this may mean that, that he can pitch the entire season whenever it does start. And, and for Pleasac, more I know he was chomping at the bit to get going. He, he looked about as good as anybody in
2: spring training. Uh, yeah. They're antsy. Um, as Clev said to me, it's like he goes, my body knows when, when the season's supposed to start, and it's supposed to start, and I'm ready to go. Um, maybe this helps. I think he feels like physically um, having this time off will be very good for that knee, and he feels like whenever we're allowed to go, uh, he should have no restrictions. Now, he's not a doctor, and we all know he pushes, unlike anyone else pushes when it comes to injuries. But at this point in time, Rosie, he feels like when, when we're allowed to go back, he should be good to go, and uh, and police sec feels the same way. Like I said, my concern is I'm glad they're together, but I think for a lot of these young players, uh, you know, being able to be patient and stay away and, and lay low will be difficult at times because I think we're all a little antsy at this point in time.
1: Can you imagine those two on, on the street in Florida playing catch and a car goes by? It'd be like Wayne's World when they step to the side right? and the car goes by. Game on, game, game on! And they... Right, ah.
2: and it's not, it's not you and I throwing it. It's two guys that can throw ninety-five yeah. plus that are throwing back and forth. That's a broken
1: windshield <laughs> waiting to happen, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, yeah. They might want to put some money aside just for that. <laughs>
1: Well, listen, Andre. I appreciate the time, and I know it's a boy. It's a weird time for all of us in the sports world—fans, players, and and everyone involved in it. And hopefully, at at some point in time this summer, we can get back to it. But uh, boy, gosh, if you, you read something, and it seems like it changes every day as as to when that may be. And I guess the bottom line is we just don't know right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, we really don't know. It's it's tough, and it makes you appreciate what we have. And I hope all of us can uh whenever we get back to some new normalcy i know we keep hearing that phrase the new normal and you know i don't know what that that that's going to be or what that's going to mean but hopefully when we can get back to some normalcy um we appreciate it you know we were i was talking to someone about progressive someone asked me my favorite ballparks or something the other day and i want to you know a neighbor or something we were sitting in our driveways and i go hey man I go, I like going certain places. I go, but Progressive Field still is one of the best ballparks in in baseball. And, and he looked at me and he goes, you know what? I got to go to more games and appreciate it. And when he said that, I kind of thought to myself, well, hopefully we all have those moments where we realize we got a lot of good stuff around where we're at. And uh, when there's a chance that the doors swing open, hopefully more people will take advantage of it and appreciate the, what we have right underneath our, you know, right 20 minutes, 30 minutes right away from us. So hopefully that happens, and hopefully this is time. I know you're doing it, and I know I am. I'm, For me, for a guy like me personally, um, you know, my, my little guy is getting ready to start kindergarten. Hopefully in a couple months, this has been a cool amount of time to hang out with my kids that I usually wouldn't get. So I'm going to try to make the most of it and hope everybody else can do the same thing.
1: Yeah, right back at you on that one. And uh, you know what, Andre, to, to brighten things up in the second half of our show, uh, we're going to take a look back at one of the great moments last summer. When Marty Brenneman came over and joined Hammy for a half inning, uh, oh. our buddy Motsy edited it down to just the good stuff. And uh, if that doesn't get you feeling good about baseball again and maybe have a few laughs along the way, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully we can do that for you here on the second part of our show.
2: You just said Marty's name, and I got a big smile on my face. I can't <laughs> wait to listen to that because it was, that was a grand time, to say the least.
1: <laughs> All right, Andre. Hey, thanks so much for the time, and I'll catch up with you again real soon.
2: Take care, Rosie. Take care, fans. Everybody stay uh, positive as you possibly can.
1: That's Andre Knott from Spock Sports, Ohio. Stay tuned. More to come. Tribe Talk continues after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you. From home as uh, we join you during this time where there is no major sporting events on the schedule, baseball included, shut down for an undetermined amount of time. It remains to be seen how long that will be, but we'll try and get you through the gaps here as uh, we continue with our weekly show, Tribe Talk, on the Indians Radio Network. Also, wherever you download your favorite podcasts and on Indians.com as well. All the archive versions are there as well and to lighten things up a little bit this week well we thought we'd bring back one of the great moments from last year's season in the radio booth indians playing the reds the reds final visit to progressive field last season with marty brenneman behind the mic for cincinnati the longtime reds broadcaster retired at the end of the season the hall of famer stopped by the booth to join a potential hall of famer he was on the docket for consideration this season, talking about the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton. And uh, they had a lot of fun. Let's listen to it. Reds with a two to one lead. We go to the third and
0: what an honor it is for us after 46 years as the voice of the Reds. The legendary Marty Brenneman, the Hall of Famer is calling it quits your last trip here. And Marty, we'd be so honored to have you do the third inning for all of our fans. Seriously.
3: yes. I was expecting that. I don't have anything to look at here. Here's here's Jose Peraza. We're good. And the first pitch swung out. Diving stop by third baseman Ramirez and plenty of time to get the throw on across. That baby was a rocket down to third, and Ramirez picked him clean. And after that, it was no problem throwing him out. One pitch and one out. I'm going to miss this place, Tom. Are you? Oh, yeah. I, I, I can remember the first time I came into this ballpark and I came into the dugout. And I looked around and I said, guys, this is a good one here. Wow. I really love this ballpark. A lot of personality with a high wall, uh, the foliage in center. And it, it, it's just uh, I just think it's a great ballpark. And obviously, it's meant a lot to downtown Cleveland. Yep. So I'll miss coming up here. I really we and you know what I it's a, it's a this is a. A commercial but we say at the Marriott downtown and those people are the greatest people in the world down there are they still giving you the free cheeseburgers when you get there? they do <laughs> they do one ball and one strike on Nick Senzel who led the game off with a home runoff please sack to left wouldn't it have been something Marty had these two clubs played in a fall classic man it would have been truly memorable it really would have I mean, there's so many ties to the from yeah. a personnel standpoint. Here's a pitch, and that's a rocket. Nice play by the second baseman to his glove side. And the throw on to first, Mike Freeman. We've seen two good defensive plays by the Indians infield here in the top of the third, two out. You know, Marty, we've talked about it here. I mean, granted,
0: the red machine is legendary. It's almost like the 90s team... Gets
3: forgotten sometimes, and you want it all then. And you know what? That's my favorite team, Tom. Really, the 1990 club. I mean, the Big Red Machine teams were the—that's the, the greatest team I've ever been around. But the '90 team with Barry Larkin and Eric Davis and and uh, and those guys were not picked to win anything. That is in for a strike to even the count on Votto, and he hit a home run following Senzel's homer in the first inning. And they go into first place on opening day, and they never vacated. And then they, you know, they beat a good Pirate club with Bonds and Bonilla and Vanslyke and that bunch in the National League Series, and then sweep the Oakland A's managed by Mister Baseball. I say that sarcastically. (laughs) That I didn't see coming. (laughs) Well, we have a history. Tony and I have a history. Really? Oh yeah, we don't like each other. (laughs) That's our history. One and two the count on Votto, and that's fouled out of play.
0: (laughs) Marty, we saw, well, that was my first year, so I didn't know what to compare it to, but they were so good that year in the American League. I was stunned. You guys just
3: wiped them out. Well, the interesting thing is after the fourth game in Oakland, and Johnny Bench and Joe Morgan went there, and Joe lives out there, and he said the amazing thing is that your club could play them from now every day until Christmas in Oakland would still not win because of the power arms that the Reds had all up and down their staff the bullpen with the nasty boys Votto with a ground ball to second and Freeman throws him out in a one two three inning for police well we'll keep you for the bottom of the I'll third be, uh, that okay yeah I may stay here the rest of the day Rosie <laughs>
0: We go to the bottom of the third inning the Reds on top of the Indians two to one Leonis Martin is going to lead it off and the Hall of Famer Marty Brenneman kind enough to
3: stay with us and do the bottom of the third Marty. Thank you very much Tom. Leonis Martin is standing in left handed batter against Di Sclafani and his first pitch in the inning is a, a but a ten. Did he offered. at it? He did not. Third base umpire said no and it's a ball and no strikes. I better do one quick commercial Marty. This All is right, our buddy. Grand Slam Liberty Ford
0: giveaway inning. Ronald McCoy of Akron wins a Ford Mustang convertible from Liberty
3: Ford if the Indians hit a grand slam. The 1-0 coming and it misses just a bit inside and low. Indians have hit some balls hard off Di and his biggest problem has been keeping the ball in the ballpark. He's given up 14 home runs which has him up among the leaders in the National League in a rather dubious department. Here's a foul fly to left that will be out of play and the count goes to 2 and 2-1. But you were saying, Marty. I know the darn commercials get in the way
0: when the innings go quick. As great as the Red Machine was, you love the
3: '90s. But my goodness, will we ever see a team like the Big Red Machine again? Uh, You know what? I don't. I don't think so, Tom. But I say that with extreme prejudice. He tried to check and couldn't, and the count's two and two. I, I, uh, you know, I was a part of that. Peripherally, a part of the '75 and '76 teams but I had no means of comparison I had not been around long enough yeah. and then as the years went by and then I started seeing good teams in each league and trying to compare them with those clubs I, I haven't seen a team like I'm sure Yankee fans would say there was some teams in the 90s that might compare favorably with that team but uh, you know and Sparky made a fatal mistake when he won the World Series in in uh, 1984 with Detroit he, he temporarily lost his mind one day with a media person and implied that that team was better than one of the Big Red Machine teams. Really? And before 10 o'clock that morning, Bench and Morgan and Rose and Perez all <laughs> called him and said, Are you crazy? And then he backed off and said, oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> Check swing, and that's ball four. So the inning begins with a leadoff walk to Martine. That represents a tie and run for the Indians who trail here in the bottom of the third two to one. Well, Marty, on behalf, I'm just speaking on
0: behalf, but the Cleveland Indians want you to know how much you've meant to this city and the state. And I know it didn't get on the video board, but the Indians presenting you and Amanda a weekend golf and spa getaway at the Phoenician in Phoenix. Hopefully you're going to be able to fit some of this in.
3: With, because I know Amanda wants you traveling the world, right? I've just scratched the surface, man. <laughs> All I want to do is sit on my butt and watch television, <laughs> watch Netflix or Amazon Prime or something like. That. No, no, no. We gotta gotta hit the road. Yeah, we went to you went to Europe in October, and I went kicking and screaming. I had I've been to Scotland and Ireland to play golf. I didn't care about going to the continent. We went to we went to France and went to Italy, and I had a better time than she did. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd move to Italy tomorrow morning if they say we got a place for you in the wine country. I'm, I'm good to go. I loved it. So, yeah, we're going to do a lot of traveling. We own a place in Siesta Key. We used to train in Sarasota, and I bought a place there 20-some years ago. We're going to spend more time down there. Here's a the ground ball into right field. Base hit. Shot that baby right by Dietrich, and stumbling as he rounded second, and Martine is able to get back to the bag. Almost went down and had he gone down, they may have had a play at second base, but he was able to maintain his balance and, and hustle back into the bag. So the, the Indians have their first two men on base here in the bottom of the third as they stirred the pot up against East Lafani and they've got Lindor coming to the
0: plate. Well, Amanda has obviously been a big part of your life. The fact she got you to go to Winslow, Arizona,
3: there then ain't the another Eagles? human being on earth that could have gotten me to do that. <laughs> and that standing on the corner, Chuck? <laughs> the Eagles, son? I ain't a big fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. You wouldn't recommend Winslow? <laughs> no, I would not. Well, I got a better one than that. <laughs> and we drove to spring training. Here's Lindor. He bunched back toward the mound. Up with it quickly as Slafati in the throw to first just got him. I like what... I like what Tito did right there. He's playing a little bit of small ball. That's National League Baseball, isn't ah, it? Well, not anymore. No. National League Baseball's home run, strikeouts, and walks. Really? Yeah, and that launch angle and all that other crap. That's they all trying to do it. <laughs> but I like what we just saw there. Second and third, and Di has got his back to the wall now. Uh, we we drove to spring training because i knew it was going to be my last one as a broadcaster and we took 10 days and we had a great it was a great trip and uh the last two nights we spent in bisbee arizona which is an old copper mining town a very eclectic population you've got you know you've got the run-of-the-mill small-town people you've got hippies you've got the whole nine yards and we had a heck of a time i mean it was really something <laughs> stayed in a haunted hotel Here's a pitch, swing, and a foul. I said this guy right here might have the most exciting swing in baseball. Santana? I mean, comes out of his shoes. <laughs> he leaves nothing short. And you know what? I, I, You guys let him go. You brought him back. Yeah. He's a very productive player. I, I kind of like him. You know and he never sold his home here Marty because he said I'm finishing my career some way somehow someday." no kidding yeah that's great one strike and nothing second and third one out and the pitch is high a ball Reds have a two to one lead but the Indians are knocking on the door here and their half of the third inning Marty how did you and Tito and, and your friendship is obviously a close one it, it is and it, I, I treasure this friendship Tom, we have so much give and take between the two of us, and and rarely are we ever serious with one another, but um, he'll go down as one of my top five all-time favorite people in the game. Really? I love the guy. I, uh, I think he's a great manager. I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. He's self-deprecating. Of course, he was a terrible player. <laughs> I mean a terrible player. He had one of the great lines of all time. I told—I think I told Rosie earlier today, there's a call strike. In, in 1987, we go through spring training in Tampa and uh, or wherever we were. It might have been uh, one of the worst places on earth, Plant City, Florida. <laughs> and he's an extra guy. You know, that's all he can hope to be. And if he doesn't make the team, that's a possibility too. But Pete really liked him. So... Two days before opening day, the right fielder gets hurt. Here's a 2-2 pitch, and that's ball three, and so players walk into the clubhouse on opening day, and you know, a big, uh, Cincinnati, that's a big day. Yes. Looks at the lineup card. Just he did a double take. His names in the lineup playing on opening day. Yeah, he tells Pete. He said, "I want to, I want to be in the big leagues. I didn't say anything about wanting to play." <laughs> and he hit a home run on opening day. <laughs> It won more the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's one of a kind. I I just I'm envious of you and Rosie. And yeah. You guys have a chance to work with him every day, and uh, I just think he's a talented guy. He's a heck of a lot more intelligent than people would ever he would ever allow people to the believe. Yep. He really is. Three two pitch and it's grounded foul. When
0: he won't tell people, but with the American League championship trophy the next season in 2017 he made sure everybody got a picture with him that works at the ballpark see that whether you're in the janitorial
3: nobody is beneath Tito in his food chain that is something that would escape 90 percent of the managers in baseball today mm-hmm. that would never even think about that yeah. three two pitch he walked him and the bases are loaded you know what Marty we have never, I
0: mean never, given away this Ford Mustang convertible in the Liberty 4th Grand Slam give away. You go right here.
3: <laughs> Would this be appropriate? Well, I mean, this is a perfect storm here. I mean, you got a guy who gives up a lot of home runs and it's in the inning. What's that guy's name? He's got a chance Ronald to Ronald McCoy party. of Akron just became your newest best friend. Ronald, I, I would expect that if, you, if he hits one out of here now, you drive down to Cincinnati and ride me around <laughs> that Ford Mustang convertible. <laughs> right now, Derek Johnson, the Reds pitching coach, is at the mound. Nothing going on by way of activity in the Reds' bullpen. Uh, DeSlafani in a whirl of hurt right now, and he'll be facing Tyler Naquin momentarily. Well, are I appreciate, you going to I appreciate miss the this. Game? Oh, you that, bet. That, that's the onions that you folks did are, not have to do. Well, you know, I've said it a thousand times. Uh, I'm not going to miss a game. I mean, I, you know, I, somebody told. And I don't. I'm not much for numbers. I don't care about numbers. Somebody said, "You've done over 6,500 baseball games." So I don't think I need to see any more. But I'm really going to miss <laughs> the people. Yeah. I'm going to miss people like you and Rosie Thank and you. and coming up here and seeing you guys in spring training and. And it's going to be tough uh, next February when everybody's packing up to go to the spring training. Ball one is high, and I'm not going. That'll be the toughest part yeah. of it, I think. But I'm ready. I mean, 46 years is long enough, and doing it all in one with one team. And that's what's unusable in this. It day is. It is. Yeah. It true. It's one of the most transient businesses. And Cincinnati means a lot to you, doesn't it? It means an awful lot to me. I, I. Uh, here's a ground ball to second. Reds are gonna turn a double play that will get Di Clafani out of the inning. Well, Ronald McCoy of just God. cursed you out. I know he did. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. Hey, Marty, Tommy, we, ca- enjoyed it.
0: we cannot thank you enough. Uh, I you guys. Well, the feeling's mutual. We've loved you, thank you your Tom. son, Tom, and what you've brought to this game is irreplaceable. We thank you. Well, you guys
3: are the best. Take care. Good luck to you. Marty Brenneman, folks.
1: That's Tom Hamilton and Marty Brenneman uh, having a really good time there for a a little while. And it, it was a little emotional when Marty left the booth for that final time, too. Stay tuned. We'll have some news and notes when we return after this time out on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment and some news and notes with... Major League Baseball and the Players Union reaching some agreements on important issues to get through this time, an undetermined length of time where baseball is shut down. The Indians made some transactions yesterday, following up some transactions last week as well as they optioned the following players to AAA Columbus. Pitchers Aaron Savali and Zach Plezak, relief pitcher James Karinczak, and outfielder Bradley Zimmer. Last week, These players were also optioned to AAA Columbus. Logan Allen and uh, Scott Moss from uh, the pitching side of things, and then first baseman Bobby Bradley, outfielder Daniel Johnson, and infielder Yu Chang. Now, many of those players, the likes of Savali, Karinczak, Pleszak, certainly would figure in the mix when we do return to play, if we are able to return to play this summer. So some of that uh, paper move, to clear some spots and, and take care of some business before transactions were shut down, which was part of the agreement between MLB and the Players Union. So when you see those names, take it with a grain of salt to some extent as if the teams return to play at some point this summer. A lot of those names may be back in the fold for the Indians. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. As always, thanks to Brian Motse for his help on our show. Thanks to Andre Knott for stopping by. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Thanks for being a part of it. So long, everybody.
0: Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.